What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How you living, man? Living good, Eric. No, no complaints here. No complaints? No. no are you complaint. sure? I'm good. Well, there are some complaints, I guess. My <laughs> tooth is killing me. I'm, play, I'm playing injured today. All right. Well, we'll, we'll hopefully you can we'll get through it, this. Yeah, we'll make it happen. But before we start, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword the Sports Kingdom Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show, or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android so Tyler, the NBA Finals are right where we thought they would be after two games in Oakland. Also, I'm going to test Tyler's knowledge uh, on the NBA Finals with some NBA Finals trivia. I'm putting up an MJ performance tonight. Yeah, hurting everything. Yeah, this I'm is make it this happen. is equivalent to MJ's flu game a little bit, it's I guess. Exact, it's the exact same thing. There we go. And then uh, to close out the show, Tyler is going to run me through a two-minute drill. Um, but first, for the first time this season, Tyler and I are going to talk some baseball as the Mariners are one game ahead of the Houston Astros for first place in the AL West, and the Dodgers are now only two games out of first place as they seem to have found their stride amongst uh, some injuries and whatnot. Yeah, Tyler. we're going to do a little baseball, not a lot. We're going yeah. to dip our toes in with the Mariners and, and the Dodgers. Yeah, so uh, you ready to start the show, Tyler? Yeah, I'm ready to do it. Let's All do right, it. let's go. Hit the music. Welcome to the sports kingdom. Welcome to the sports kingdom. Welcome to the sports kingdom. All right, so the Mariners, first place. This is the this is the latest in the year they've been in first place since 2002. Uh, they didn't make the playoffs that year, but um, I think a lot of people know, and I like to you know, I like to bring this up a lot. But 16-year postseason drought, longest in pro sports for the Mariners. Last time they went to the playoffs was 2001 uh, with that 116-win team, and they didn't make it to the series. So. I'm not completely sold on the Mariners like making the playoffs quite yet, but this is definitely like the best the team's been, I think, in a really long time. Uh, one game in front of Houston, who was obviously you know the champs last year, so uh, we got a really tough division. Holding them off is is big time, um, but we got a lot of exciting players. It's not like names that have have been there forever. Uh, my favorite new guys, the Edwin Diaz, the relief pitcher. Yeah, he's been doing he's real nasty. well for you guys. I just love seeing someone come in there and just throw 100 mile an hour. Um, all night so uh, it's been exciting well and it's also crazy to think that after the whole Robinson Cano thing that yeah they've managed better, yeah. they've managed to keep themselves afloat and yeah. floating to the point where they're now in first place yeah and I think Mitchie Hanniger is definitely like the guy that's kind of like stepped up in that regards he's kind of the person that's producing where we thought Cano would produce and uh, you know he had that walk-off homer a couple of days ago he's he's leading our team in home runs with 12 um then we got we got big bro Kyle Seeger yep doing his thing and and then I think you know 
our MVP is definitely James Paxton. Uh, Packy's been killing it. The Big Maple, um, he's kind of taking the torch from Felix, I think, is our number one guy now. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see if the Mariners can make the push uh, to make the playoffs and snap that longest pro sports drought. Yeah, I mean, the Bills were able to snap their their streak uh, yeah, this seen, season. I've seen all of, all of those big streaks get snapped right in front of the Mariners. You know, uh, with the Royals did it a couple years ago. Yeah. The Pirates did it a couple years ago. Bills last year. Um, it's funny. You got to get out of there, though. Yeah, no, but it, it'll definitely be interesting to see. Now that it is June, we're getting closer to the All Star break, getting closer yeah, to the yeah. the real meat gonna, of the I'm gonna season. I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Anaheim next month and watch him play. So oh, you're going? Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, we got the tickets. We're gonna, gonna we're gonna good. get a we're gonna get a full report back after that yeah, game. Then. Yeah, yeah. I'll try not to uh, try not to get too intoxicated. <laughs> try and actually remember what happens at the game. But if the Mariners start losing, then I can't promise anything. Well, I mean, that might be bound to happen given the Mariners' track record. Yeah. But anyway, all right, so that's that's our update on the Mariners. And now for our update on the Dodgers. Started out real slow, but the Dodgers are now 29-30. and 30, So one game under 500. Yep. But they're two games out of first place. In their last 17 games, the Dodgers are 13-4. and four. They lead the NL in runs per game and home runs during that 17-game stretch. And then, I mean, just to highlight some of the players that have been having some success this season on the field after being traded in what we thought was going to be a salary dump and would never even make it to spring training with the team Matt Kemp has yeah. had a complete resurgence of his career Classic. he leads the Dodgers in all offensive statistical categories he's batting 344 with nine home runs 33 RBIs an on-base plus slugging percentage of 949 and an on-base percentage of 376 he was named NL player of the week last week so that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. And then, obviously, Justin Turner missed a big chunk of the beginning of the season, yeah, missed about 40 games. Now. He's batting 250. he He's got one home run, 10 RBIs. And then the biggest surprise, I think, for the Dodgers this season, aside from Matt Kemp, has been uh, Max Muncy. He's another one of those utility infielders that can play multiple positions. Uh, he's mainly played first and third for the team since being called up on April 17th. He... He's a young guy, so he's been in the farm system. A lot of people in the Dodgers organization have known about this kid, yeah. um, but he has really taken everybody by surprise. He's tied with Matt Kemp uh, for leading the team in home runs with nine home runs. He's only batting two forty three, which is okay, but, I mean, he's a young guy, still finding his stride, but his OPS is nine oh one. His on-base percentage is three forty nine. And he's slugging 551. Uh, he's had multiple clutch moments so far, and even had a multi-home run game over the weekend in a series sweep against the Rockies. The Rockies at the time this past weekend were in first place because the Dodgers swept them. They are not in first place anymore. That is currently held by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Pitching has really been the biggest issue for the Dodgers this season. Uh, but as of late, the bullpen has been dealing. They were awarded bullpen of the week last week by the MLB uh, after posting posting an MLB high 37 innings of work with 42 combined strikeouts and a 3.16 ERA. The starters for the Dodgers, that's really what's been the biggest issue. Obviously, Clayton Kershaw was on the DL for about a month with bicep tendonitis. 
He came back the other day, didn't have the greatest start, and he was put right back onto the DL with a strain in his lower back. Obviously, we know Kershaw has back problems, yeah. and this yeah, it's too bad. This is not good. No. After coming back yeah. from injury and then yeah. going right back onto the DL, Kenta Maeda is injured. Rich Hill is injured uh, as well with that blister on his pitching hand or on his finger. Yeah, that's a weird one. Um, but he said today, actually, that he feels really good about his blister being healed, um, and he could be back soon. So that'll be something to look out for. And then Hunjin Ryu has been out a month already with a groin strain, and it doesn't look like he's yeah. coming back anytime soon. Yeah. The two bright spots for the Dodgers on the pitching side has been rookie Walker Bueller and yeah. Ross Stripling. Uh, Walker Bueller has really stepped up uh, as the starting rotation, has been basically a carousel of players this season. But he's 3-1 and one with a 2.74 ERA. He's got 50 strikeouts on the year, and I've seen him hit 100 a couple times on the radar gun. Yeah, so, I mean, this kid is the real deal. That's the best thing. The homers and, and throwing heat. Yeah. And so, and Ross Stripling also, um, chicken strip, as many people like to call <laughs> him, uh, Ross Stripling, uh, he's also 3-1, and one, but he leads the Dodgers with a 1.68 uh, ERA, and he has 59 strikeouts on the season. So... It'll be interesting to see what happens the rest of the season with the Dodgers, but this is right around the time last season when they started to make that historic run of like 50 games where they just went on a complete tear and really propelled them to making it to the World Series last year, ultimately to be defeated by the yeah. Houston Astros. But, I mean, hey, the Dodgers a few weeks ago, they were eight, nine games out, yeah, and now yeah. they're only two games out. Yeah, I think they're going to be able to make the late, the late push and get, and get in the playoffs. They've just been too solid the last five years. Uh, they got the same squad. Uh, they're experienced. They're ready to roll. Yeah, I mean – Kemp's been, a, Kemp's been the, definitely the bright spot, kind of holding everything together, weird, and, weird enough. And it's been so – like nobody, yeah, nobody nah, was expecting this. Nah, no. Nah. Matt Kemp's a funny – He's a funny player to me. Yeah. It's <laughs> you just a, he, never know what you're going to get with that guy. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he lost 30, 40 pounds in the offseason. Yeah, no, he, he's obviously trying to get back in the game. You know what I mean? He wants to prove himself being a productive player. I mean, so. he's making like $19 million a year, and nobody thinks he deserves that kind of money, but he's yeah. playing like it now. Yeah, he sells, he sells jerseys, sells tickets. That's. It's so funny to me how many people just had Matt Kemp jerseys hanging in their closets. Uh, for years after he's been gone, and then everybody busting them out now. Yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah, no, I it's mean, like I'm sure. Yeah, it's a, it's. I'm sure it's a great feeling for Matt. Yeah, no, it, 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 get your '84 jerseys out. <laughs> Randy Moss. Oh yeah. Went back to Minnesota. Oh man. But yeah, that's so. It. Yeah, so let's move from the diamond to the hardwood. The good stuff. Yeah. So obviously, like I said at the, the beginning of the show. After two games, this series is right where we all thought it would be. Warriors up two to nothing. Yeah. Game one, I mean, where where do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to really start anywhere, I guess. It's just, it's been amazing to watch this series unfold the way it is. I mean, just keep continuing to see Golden State and LeBron's dominance. Yeah. I mean, they both just keep dominating. LeBron keeps dominating, doing everything he can. Golden State is just too tough to beat right now. Uh, I think the Cavs got to switch it up. I, I think they have to, like I, – and I normally would not do this, but I think they have to just completely scrap their rotation and, and start over. So do you think it's time to bench 
someone like J.R. Smith. Yeah. Give, and, give and Kyle Corver and Rodney Hood some more burn. Yeah, for sure, Rodney Hood. Um, yeah, no, we could talk about J.R. for a minute. J.R., <laughs> you know, I feel bad because I'm a huge J.R. fan. So and I. I think that he's actually gotten – in, in these four finals trips, I really think JR was the number two. You know, like most people are going to be Kevin Love, the all-star, the guy that, yeah. you know, 2010 before he came there. But really, the number two guy on offense in your offense is JR Smith. Like when JR plays well, they win. When JR plays like shit, they, they look lose. terrible. Yeah. Um, that's just that's just how it is. Uh, I would, he has I, such a see, big... but I wouldn't consider that a number two. I'd consider that an X factor. I'm not saying he's number two as in the most important player on the team. I'm saying in an offensive scheme, he is your number two offensive like scorer. He's your not when they had Kyrie two. though. But but Kyrie missed what? Uh, Kyrie missed, missed two, two of, of these finals. That's why yeah. that's why I said two. Okay. He was the number two option two of these finals. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That and so you know I think he's had he's a great player and I think he's had a ton of responsibility and he's played with great players his whole career so. You know, I don't really want to knock him too much, but what this kind of reminds me of is uh, in the mid-'90s, Nick Anderson. Uh, it's in it's in the Penny and Shaq documentary, a piece of it, but basically Nick Anderson, they were down one, and he went to the free throw line, and he had three shots, yeah. and he missed all three. Yeah. Um, and he never really came back from that. I mean, he was a really good, young, promising, scoring, you know, two-guard in the NBA, and he never really reached his potential, and – J.R. Smith's 32, so it's not like he's got potential to reach. He did what he needed to do. Yeah. He's had a great career. But I don't know if J.R. Smith's ever going to come back from this. Well, And I would definitely highly consider um, definitely not starting him anymore. Yeah, I mean, the, pr- the proof is in the pudding. I mean, in game one, J.R. Smith only had 10 points. And then, obviously, the collapse at the end of regulation. Yeah, I and feel then, really bad about that play. Well, I mean, we'll get to that in a minute. A, we'll get to that in a, a minute. That's a tough one to swallow, a tough one to watch. And, you know, it's like it's got to be the worst day of his life. You know? Yeah, but, I mean, for J.R. Smith to have 10 points in the first game, have the collapse in at the end of regulation, and then everybody wanted to see how he responds in game two. He comes out in game two and has five points. He's two of nine from the field and one for four from three point. Yeah. That, yeah, no, and I mean, if we're gonna move, you know, if we're gonna move on from J.R. Smith, um, I think you know, I think you got to start somebody else, and Rodney Hood's got to play more minutes. I think Corver is kind of limited because he can only play so many minutes. I don't think I don't think you should play Corver more than twenty, twenty-four minutes because then his production deteriorates. Yeah, um, the guy that they need to give the minutes to is Rodney Hood because he can score, and they need to score with this team, um, but. If I was the coach, um, I would start Jeff Green um, in place. Go of big. Yeah, I would go big. I would do something different. I, I, I. You have to. You have to have love and Tristan Thompson out there. Obviously, yeah. you have to have LeBron out there. And um, LeBron's gonna. You know, they're gonna have to put LeBron or Jeff Green on Clay Thompson, which is a tough guard unless they want to put like LeBron on Steph. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is also a tough guard, but. Um, either way, I think they need to go big. Jeff Green's been solid. He's he's uh, yeah. He's, he's really that, played well. He's a guy that can play both both ways. You know, he hits the corner three, he can get you stuff in the lane. He's not anything you're gonna you know rant and rave about. But I think it's time that he starts over Jr. for sure. Um, and I would definitely try to up Rodney Hood's minutes, and especially because Clarkston looks like such a liability out there as well, dude. 
it, uh, I've seen a couple reports that the Lakers had to convince Cleveland to take Clarkson as part of the deal. And if this is really who the, the player that Clarkson is, I'm so glad the Lakers got rid of him. Yeah, but the player he is, the you know, when it's an NBA player, those are the goods and the bads, you know what I mean? Yeah. When he's hitting, it's it's cool because he's just running around full speed, chucking shit up. But when he looks bad, he looks really, really bad. In game two, he looked really bad. Oh, he looked uh, atrocious. I mean, he legitimately was, and uh, he legitimately was a liability. And it's, you know, outside of a couple of players, a couple of plays, you know, it could be a completely different series, but they're down 0-2. Cavs aren't even playing bad. Golden State's just too good. Yeah, no. It's it's not I it's I don't think Cleveland's losing this finals. This isn't the worst we've seen Cleveland play. You know what I mean? Golden I think, State is just gonna outright win it. Yeah, they're just too good offensively. They have too many options. It's too many mismatches on, on defense. Um and you know, if they wanted a shot, they needed everybody playing at their best and they're not. JR and Clarkson were complete liabilities in game two. And yeah. obviously, game one, you know, we can say if, whatever, you know, all night they lost the game yeah. because of a mistake that they controlled. And so they, you know, they lost that game. Golden State didn't necessarily, I mean, they did win it, but. And it's like. In that instance. And it's like it. every, everything that happened at the end of regulation, we can, like you said, say all the if and buts about it. At the end of the day, the game was tied. It was 0-0 with five minutes. It, essentially, it's 0-0 with five more minutes to play. Yeah. yeah. Cleveland could have done something in overtime yeah, to win the game. They didn't, lo- they didn't lose it because they still have an opportunity. They lost an opportunity to win it. Yeah. That's what they lost. They lost yeah. an opportunity. Just because they would have got the rebound and called the timeout doesn't mean they would have hit the shot. You know exactly. I mean? yeah. Or it's like it's – it, a loss. It's a, it's a missed opportunity at the highest, highest scale. And at the worst possible moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's – it makes me sick. I feel so bad for Jr. Yeah, because like, I really am a huge Jr. So Smith am I, fan, and I think he's extremely talented. But yeah, I got to stop playing him. I'm definitely not starting him. I got to get Kyle Korver and Rodney Hood. You know, someone that can spread the court, and and I got to start. I think either going big or or doing something different. Yeah, um, I mean, so another. To switch kind of gears, but still sticking with the finals, on the Warriors aspect, what I found most interesting was obviously KD in game one. He had a pretty solid game. He had 26 points, nine rebounds, six assists, three blocks. The thing was, he wasn't very efficient. He was 8-22 from the field, one of seven from three point. KD, especially since he's been in Golden State and towards the end of his time in Oklahoma City, pride, pri- really prided himself on being efficient on the floor. Yep. In game two, he responds with another 26 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, and two, two blocks. But he shoots 10 of 14 from the field and two of three from three point. Yep. I think that's huge. Yeah. No, Kevin Durant, I mean, he is their – he is their best player. I yeah. Mean, I love Steph to death. Um, Steph is playing amazing. But when Kevin Durant is any sort of anywhere near of playing efficient basketball, they're unstoppable. You yeah. Know? Kevin Durant plays at 70%. The Warriors are beating you 99% of the time. That's just yeah. how, that's how, that's how it is. He's too, he's too good in isolation ball. He's the best ISO player in the NBA right now. 
Um, he can get any kind of shot he wants off of it, but he's so big, so lengthy. Um, I, I, I expect him to have a huge game uh, tomorrow night and a game four. Um, I, I see it, you know, people are talking about him a little bit just because there's nothing to talk about. I yeah. think that's why they're talking about him. But they're still talking about him, so I think he's going to come out strong and try and wrap this series up and prove that he's the best player again like he did last last NBA Finals. So if you if you were to give a percentage chance that Cleveland comes out and wins game three in Cleveland, what percentage would you put it at? Oh, well, I mean, bet, this is the uh, this is probably the best um, chance I'll give them is game three, even like before any games, just your first home game. That's yeah. Like the, I mean, it's not a series yeah. until a, a home team loses. Yeah, I would say 49%. Okay. I feel like they have a really good chance. I feel like they're going to win, but I can't give them the better odds against Golden State. I yeah. just can't. I mean – I would say 49%. That might be a cop-out, but... So, okay. Another question. Do you think this is a still a gentleman sweep, or do you think this is going to a four-game sweep? It looks like it's going to a four-game sweep. Yeah. If they keep if they start J.R. Smith and, and Clarkson's getting 18 minutes, it's... <laughs> and they keep playing like this, it's... Yeah, it's Ty, Lu might, Ty Lu should be out of a job after this. Yeah, I hate saying that about coaches because I don't. But think, if you don't, I think Tyloo's got a really tough job. I don't think. That's no, he does. Job. He does. But yeah. I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting yeah, different but this results. This is his second year coaching in his career. I don't know. Eh, whatever. Maybe, it's not. It, that might be a moot point because LeBron might not even be there. Yeah, and, yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, yeah, if LeBron leaves, fuck. You might as well. Might as well keep Tyloo. Yeah, you might as well. You might as well roll with them. That's what Miami did, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, God, just looking at the – I, you know, I was just looking at the Warriors and just trying to see, like, process what they're doing right now, be in the moment, kind of be in the past and the present and the future. How about Sean Livingston being completely perfect, 100% from the field in the first two games Sean, combined? Sean Livingston's big time for them. He's been there all four years. Yeah. Um, uh, longer than all four years, but he's been to all four finals. But – when I was looking at the rosters and, and I was looking at everything, basically they have the, – the Warriors have their entire team for the next uh, two years. Oh, um, you're talking about contract-wise? Yeah, I'm looking at the Warriors just in general right now. Okay. I'm talking Warriors in general. And, and as far as the NBA Finals goes, it's like KD's going to read and negotiate with them after this season. He's probably going to take less. I don't see him going anywhere. No, why um, would he? I don't see Clay. Clay will be a free agent after next season. I don't see Clay going anywhere. Um, so that puts the next two seasons, Steph, Draymond, Andre Iguodala, and Livingston um, are all in for uh, the next two seasons. Yeah. And then Clay, Looney, uh, Bell, and Quinn Cook are all in for next year. And that's, you know, and right. then also probably just throw in KD. So I'm looking at, you know, I think, I think for sure they're going to, you know, they're definitely going to go next year and they're probably going to have four out of five NBA titles. And I honestly see that I don't see how they can lose to anybody right now in the next two years so now we're looking at a six-year stint going straight to the finals and if lebron goes wet unless lebron goes west barring injuries of course it's like i i think we have the potential to see warriors lebron episode six i think That'd i think that insane. i think that's what people need to strap up and be ready for because i don't think there's anybody even if lebron did go to the west i think golden state's coming out of the west i mean it, barring injury now, you know, because Steph, Draymond, um, 
Clay, KD, they're all going to be in their prime these next two years. There's not going to be any physical drop-off. Maybe you lose an Iguodala or a Livingston in the next two years to, like, the, you know, father of time. But still, you got young guys like Quinn Cook and Bell and Kevin Looney, you know, coming up. Yeah. Um, and then LeBron is just playing so insane. Um, I don't see anyone stopping these guys. So, ba- so, so basically, to your point, if LeBron doesn't go west – and he's, I, he goes somewhere in the East, yeah. they automatically become the favorites in the East yep. over yep. Boston, over Toronto. Yep. And yeah. basically we're just on a collision course for the well, Warriors versus LeBron again. Yeah, basically because I think it's either going to be the next two years is either going to be the Warriors versus Cleveland or the Warriors versus Philly. Or it's like he's going to be in the West and he's going to be battling the Warriors before yeah. they get to the finals. But I don't think, you know – there's only, you know, there's only so many things LeBron's going to do. Uh, it's looking less and less like he's going to stay in Cleveland. Uh, I have a hard time believing he would go to the West, but he could. Um, and if he goes stays in the East, I think he's going to Philly or nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and if he goes to Philly, I, I think they could easily, if they, that team stays healthy, they can easily go to the finals for the next two seasons. So I think people need to strap up and be ready for this. Um, it's already getting worn out. And it's not, I mean, it's not anywhere near being done. We, we said it all year it was going to be this way, and yeah. people weren't ready for it, and, and here it is. And every week we said, you know, I don't know if this, this Cavs team could do it. I don't know. I don't know. But it's just LeBron continues uh, to show greatness. And as we're going to wrap up this NBA Finals talk, I think I got I to gotta end it with LeBron. And uh, I think my biggest thing is I think he should play 48 minutes for the rest of the Finals. I agree. I definitely don't think he should come out for the rest of the rest of the way. And I think he should be finals MVP. Okay. See, I'm glad. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up. Yeah. I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's the right time and the right player and the, the right circumstances. And uh, I've just never seen anything like a one, a one person greatness versus a, a, a dynasty elite team greatness. But you then why I mean? couldn't, why couldn't we, why couldn't, you give it to him when Andre Iguodala won. I mean, you probably could have, but I don't think he, I don't think it was as apparent um, then. Even, yeah, because people were like, "This team's healthy," you know what I mean? <laughs> like that team didn't have that team lost yeah. two players to injuries. Yeah. in the playoffs before they got there, so he played he played all those games. I mean, he had like Kyrie Irving for like two quarters, but yeah, he basically played that entire finals without Kyrie and Kevin Love. So I don't think people were. Uh, putting the same value on his effort because of, it was just a different circumstance. That's what I mean by this year. It's like it, it's a healthy team that's just playing bad that he's put on his back. He's obviously the most important player on the court to either team. And, you know, without LeBron, this team is a lo- you know bottom lottery team. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just – I just think it's the right time because there's no one player on the Warriors – that's dominated. Even Steph playing well, I don't think, you know, has overtaking what LeBron's greatness has done. And I don't think anyone's ever talked about someone being so great while they're losing or they're playing bad. You know yeah. what I mean? I just I just can't and this has nothing to do with it being LeBron. Yeah. I just can't give the finals MVP to somebody on the losing team. I know Jerry West is the only player to well, have that ever happen to him. Yeah. But I mean I don't think it, that should have happened. Well, and here's the other thing. It's like 
it is the as much the as finals I love Jerry West's is like, The finals is a series, you know what I mean? It's not necessarily like the one game. It's right. Not, it's like the finals. Getting to the finals in itself is is an event. Whereas just like they have a regular season MVP, you know, they the regular season MVP doesn't go to the winner. You know what I mean? Um, so I just think in the finals he is the most valuable player, and I think this is the best case you're probably ever going to see for somebody on a losing team. Yeah. So I mean, I I literally had and and unfortunately all the stuff leading up to the finals is putting that into perspective. But to go out and throw out the numbers he has in the first two games, he just I think he deserves it. Well, I'm it. It's funny that you brought you brought this up on your own is. I literally had in my notes two questions. I had, right now, who would you give finals MVP to? And the second question was, what would it take for LeBron to get the finals MVP even if the Cavs lose? Yeah, I don't think it takes anything less than what he's doing right <laughs> now. Like, he's done it. Especially, I think there's a really good chance. I'm not just, like, throwing 48 minutes out there because I think that was what they should do. I think that's a realistic thing that Tyloo is going to do next game is play 48 minutes. Yeah. There's no reason not to. He can rest in two days, and the season's almost over. We got one week to go. Um, yeah, I think he plays 48 minutes. I think you you either cut Jr. out completely, or you reduce a big time. You re, you reduce Clarkson big time. You jack up Rodney Hood's minutes, and you start Jeff Green. That's what I would do if I was Tyloo. Yeah, I mean that that sounds like it and, would work. And I and still don't necessarily feel confident to get a win <laughs> out of that kind of scenario, but I, it's got to do something different. So, all right, gun, gun to your head. Who wins game three? Cleveland. Okay. Because I thought it was a gentleman's sweep. You know, my head does still say they can sweep it. Yeah. I got to believe just because of how close they were in game one that, like, LeBron's effort's been there all year. They played like shit all year. They win games, so it's like it doesn't matter. He's, he's carried them this far. Yeah. He'll be able to get them one more. Yeah. Yeah, gun to my head, I'm saying I'm saying Cleveland, but if I have to put money down, I I pro- probably go, go exactly. Cleveland. Okay, so we're in the same boat here. Yeah, yeah. I just think if they're gonna win a game, this is the game. Does Does Andre Iguodala being upgraded to questionable for Game Three change anything for you? I think he's a non-factor. <laughs> it's just like they don't need him at all. Okay. Uh, to win a championship. All right. Yeah, they don't. All I right. Mean, there's nothing really he adds to the team. Well. Game three tomorrow yeah, night, Wednesday good. night. It's it's uh, it's hard to watch, man. It's 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 literally difficult to watch. It also sucks because it's just as each game goes by, it's just I that just, much closer to the end of the NBA season. Yeah, I just feel yeah. And it, you know, I hate the end of the NBA so, season. And it's been so saturated by the same fucking three storylines. Yeah. But. All right, know. all right, Tyler. I got some NBA Finals trivia for you. All right, let's do it. I worked, I worked real hard on this. I've been watching the finals since the mid-90s. I'm ready to do this. <laughs> and I've been watching the NBA Finals since the end of the 90s. Hey, that was a great time. It great was time a great time to start. It was. All right, question number one, Tyler. Who is the youngest player in NBA history to win an NBA championship? Oh, just, a, just an NBA championship? Yeah, who is the youngest player? Oh, I have shit. I have th- I have an A B and C multiple choice if yeah. you want me to give them to you or you can ponder it for a minute. Yeah, the, the, uh, like I'm just trying. I I don't think Bynum was on on the O two team. That's like the first. No. that's like the first like no. the 17 year old Bynum, but no. he was drafted right after. No, he was drafted so, in, uh, um, way after that. Uh, so I mean, this this he played a bunch, but uh, I'm gonna go with Tony Parker. Nope. 
All right, well, give me the give me the three. All right, the three are A Magic Johnson. Okay. B Darko. Darko Milicic. Oh yeah, Darko. That. C Kobe Bryant. Yeah. What? Well, Darko. Let's see here. Magic was Magic. Magic was, won the championship his rookie year. Yeah, which was seventy nine, eighty, right? Yes. And and he came out as a one and done. Yes. Darko Milicic. I don't really remember how old he was. I'm sure he was young. And then Kobe won his first when he was 21. So uh, I got to go. I got. Is Magic the youngest to win it? No, it's Darko. Darko. Darko it's Darko. Really? 18. Uh, yeah, it was. It was uh, no, it was 17, three and God, 361 he was, days. He was 17. Darko. That was. He was just set up for failure. That's 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 too bad. Uh, yeah, that sucks. 17. Hold on, I'm looking. I'm looking up the exact age. The youngest person to ever win a championship, Darko Milicic. The guy drafted in front of D-Wade and Fox. Yeah. And Mello. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, here. Okay, yeah. He was 18 years old uh, and 361 days. Oh, so he was almost 19. Yeah, almost 19. Okay. But okay. that was yeah, his so rookie he was year. Eight, so he was – yeah, I couldn't remember how old he was coming out. I knew he was young, but damn. Yeah, so Darko Milicic, the youngest player in NBA history to ever win an NBA championship. Tony Parker was drafted when he was 19, and that's kind of why I went with Tony Parker as my first pick because I knew he wasn't like someone that got in the lottery, so it's not like they were bad in the championship. All right, second question. That was a good one. Thanks. This is the first time that the same two teams have met four times in a row, but there have been other instances where at least one team has made the finals four years in a row. Can you name the other teams besides how many, how many of them? Uh, well, I didn't give you the number, but oh, I, I thought how many teams have done it in total? Yeah, six teams in total have made it to the finals four years in a row. Okay, the Cavs and the Warriors. Yep. Can you name the, the other, other four? four? Yeah. Well, Miami. Okay. Uh, Boston in the '60s. Uh, okay. Got to be LA in the '60s. Nope. No, they didn't. No. Okay. Uh, so well, that's one strike. Yeah. Uh, you get three strikes. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Boston, LA in the seventies. Not in the seventies. Neither one of them. Not in the seventies. Damn, just the eighties. They made both four, in the eighties. They both made it four in a row in the eighties. Yeah. So yeah, see, I, I wouldn't have guessed that because I th- I knew um, I knew Boston won three in a row, so I didn't really think they ever got. Did they get to? They never point? won three in a row in the eighties. Boston? No, in the sixties they won eight in a row. I thought Boston won 84, 85, 86. No. Are you sure? Yes. Dang, okay. Neither, because nobody had three-peated since, from the Lakers in the three-peat since Boston in the 60s. Because yeah, they no, won eight in a row. Yeah, you're right. The the, Laker, the Lakers won in, in between. But, yeah, Boston did make it. So, the Boston and L.A. both made it four years in a row. Yeah. They in, overlapped in the twice yeah. in the yeah. four years in a row. So, 1957 to 1966, yeah, I that Boston Celtics. Celtics they went nine and one in the finals during that ten year stretch. Yeah, they made it to the finals ten years in a row. Yeah, yeah, that's like the famous one. Um, and then like and, the, and heat, then, the Heat were just so recent. I knew right. that one obviously. The Heat was 2011 to 2014. Every year LeBron was there. And then the Lakers 1982 to 1985, they went two and two over that stretch. And then the Celtics 1984 through 1987. They went two and two over that stretch. Okay. Yeah. So those are the four other teams besides the Cavs and the Warriors to make it four years in a row. But hey, you you got 
Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I knew those, I knew those first two confidently. Then I was just taking stabs. At, I mean, I kind of figured it was. But Boston you basically LA. got them. Yeah, we'll give it to you. So you're two for two. All right, number three. What team is the only team to win the NBA Finals without home court advantage? The only team. Yeah. To win the the NBA without home court advantage. Damn, and it. And I have it, three options if you want them. Yeah, well, I'm just it's. Okay, yeah, give me the options. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spitball any. Give me the the 1995 Houston Rockets. Okay. The 1988 Los Angeles Lakers. The 2008 Boston Celtics. That's funny. I I, I was like I was kind of wondering if the uh, Cleveland like did they not have home court on that 73 and nine? No, because no, obviously they didn't have home. Yeah, that, and, but they and they won. You know what I mean? Right? Am I am I am I mistaken right now? No, you're not mistaken. Oh. Okay, regardless. Okay, regardless. Okay, out of so these three teams. Yeah. Okay. So besides, what team didn't have home court advantage? I'm gonna go with the Rockets because I think Orlando. Yeah, had that's the better, right. That's when Orlando was first place in the NBA. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So maybe I got my information yeah, that, that, from an article that was old. That's weird. Yeah, I must, messed that yeah, up. Yeah, must be because yeah. Yeah, because that's why I wanted you to say the three because I was going to say the seventy-three and nine. Yeah, now that Golden makes sense. State had to have had home court and they lost. Yeah, now that makes sense. All right, I, we'll, All right. we'll give you the dub on that yeah. one. I <laughs> messed keep, that up. Keep rolling. All right, out of the thirty current NBA teams, All right. only seven teams have never made it to the NBA Finals. Oh shit! Okay. Can you name all seven? Man, all seven teams never made it to the NBA Finals. All yeah. Right, so let's go, Sacramento. Uh, no, you're wrong. Sacramento's been in the finals. They they weren't in Sacramento. Oh, like the Rochester but, or but whatever the fuck. At one point in their NBA, in the, the okay. Kings right. have been to the finals. All right, how about the Clip Show? Never made it to the NBA finals, and right. I love it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna work my work my way east. Um, you get three strikes on this, so you're right. you're you got one strike so I far. Mean, I don't think I don't think Denver's been in it since they joined. Ding ding ding. The ABA. Correct. Uh, all those teams have been there. They've been there. Uh, Memphis has never been there. Correct. Memphis, Vancouver, uh, Grizzlies have never Toronto, been. Toronto has never been there. Correct. While I'm, while I'm thinking of it, uh, Minnesota's never been there. Correct. You got two more. You need uh, two more. Uh, let's see here. Also, um, Charlotte's never been there. Correct. You uh, need one more. Uh, did it, did we already say New Orleans? Or no, no, you did not. Right, New Orleans. Correct. Yeah. All seven. You only got one strike on that. Good job, Tyler. Yeah, uh, that that's a good question. But yeah, you can work your way through yeah. that one. That, the Kings one though. That's that's funny. I was confident on that one. <laughs> uh, what, what was their? Do you know what their franchise was before they were? Were they from? Were they the Rochester? I think they're in Kansas City too. Kansas City. That's right. No, you're right. Um. All right. Last question. Who is the only player to average 12 or more assists in an NBA Finals? And I got, I got three options for you if you want them. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's All right. John Stockton. Yeah, that was, that was one of the names popped in my head. Rajon Rondo. Oh, Magic Johnson. Damn it. Rajon Rondo did it to him, didn't he? <laughs> It's Ray, it's Ray John, isn't it? No. It's not? Thank no. God. <laughs> I well, knew. I, John, John, Stockton was, John Stockton was the first name that popped into my head. I knew putting Ray John Rondo in here was going to mess you yeah, up, and because, I love it. Because, like, I would never – he would be the guy – he would never would have popped into my head. But, like, when you put his name with all those – it's like oh. because I mean he was very integral in the Celtics teams getting yeah, to the finals, and he, would, and he would have games with like five points, seventeen mm. assists, and six steals. You know, yeah, that was his thing. 
So, all right, John's, it, it's either John Stockton or Magic Johnson. I'm going to go one? with John Stockton because that was my gut reaction. Nope. Magic, average, Magic. Magic. Six times. Wow. He averaged 12 or more assists in the NBA Finals. Yeah, that's impressive. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a tough thing to do because it's such a slower game. There's yeah. less possessions. Um, yeah, that was good. Those were good questions. Yeah. Lane. No, I mean, you, you did very well, Tyler. I think, re- really, you only missed the last question. Well, the first, what was the first question? Oh, you got Darko wrong. Yeah, the the Darko one that that was a tough one. Although, like some of those names popped up to my head, but I didn't. Yeah, the the first one was tough. That was yeah. the toughest one. All right, good job, Tyler. All right, you got a two minute drill for me. Yes, sir. Let's do we'll, it. We'll uh we'll just keep it um we'll just keep it going with basketball, and then I got a couple football ones to end it out with. All right. Uh, but let me get the I'll, I'll get the timer up here. One second. Um. First question is, uh, if uh, if the Lakers aren't looking, and it, it's been a while since we talked about the big baller brand, so I'm gonna oh. bring, I want to bring the big baller brand back into play. Um, if the Lakers aren't looking at LiAngelo Ball, is anybody going to look at LiAngelo Ball? I think... Because supposedly he just had his workout, and supposedly the rumors got out that the Lakers have zero interest in him. Well... LiAngelo, right before I was on, I was on Instagram before we started recording this, and he just posted a picture of him shirtless in a jean jacket, just probably in the Big Baller brand estate mansion house where Lavar and uh, their mom live, yeah. uh, and the caption was "Don't forget about me." Yeah. So, I don't know if anybody is gonna take interest in LiAngelo, especially if the Lakers don't. He seems like a train wreck waiting to happen. Yes, he does. He's the middle middle kid, uh, three brothers are insanely talented, and he's insanely talented. Dude scored what seventy two in a high school game or whatever. Yeah. Um, but if the Lakers aren't looking at him, I don't see how anyone in the NBA is going to take a shot with this kid. Here's what I would do. And they said they were not interested even in a G League scenario. Okay, so then that takes out my my idea. Yeah. What I was going to say was. My, if I was running the Lakers as a favor to Lonzo, I would at least sign Jello to the summer league, let him play on the summer league team, sign him to a G League contract, and because he's in the G League, any team can pick, can him, pick up. him up, and, and at least it gives him some. Yeah, and and here's and I kind of go back and forth because I and you know part of me says the Lakers don't owe them shit. No, you know, I don't think they really owe them anything anyway. But the other thing is, is like he is a he's a win-win scenario because if he doesn't play, then it's like okay, we get you know he was in the G League, he can't play, he can't play. Yeah, it's you know, at least the they gave him a chance. Out, throw the ball out, let him play. I think his play is what's gonna wash him out. I mean, if he can't play, then. People are going to exploit him right away. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's been a while since we talked about the big baller brand, so I wanted to bring that in. I did – real quick, I did hear uh, Marcellus Wiley because I guess they interviewed uh, Jello and Mello and LeVar when they got back from Lithuania finally. Uh, Marcellus Wiley said on ESPN he hopped onto your football idea that Jello yeah. should, should play football. Yeah, I think – yeah, that's kind of always been uh, – yeah, I mean, I talked about it a year ago, uh, <laughs> or years ago. Just whenever I found out about this kid, it just seemed like he was the one. He had the body that looked like a football player. Um, yeah. And he's got, you know, he's got a super nice touch in the basketball field. I'm assuming he's got nice hands. Uh, be be a good look for him. Yeah, who knows? Um, but, uh, okay, we we uh, kind of touched on a little bit of this kind of stuff. But 
outside of uh, Golden State, and you know, I'll throw LeBron in there. You don't have to throw LeBron in there if you don't want. But outside of Golden State, um, who's the next team to hang a banner in the NBA? Who's the next team to hang a banner in the NBA? Yep. Besides Golden State? Yeah, and like I said, uh, you know, you can say Golden State, LeBron, or just Golden State. I don't have a problem with either one. But who's the one? Who's the next person to hang a banner Hold in on the NBA? S- Hold on a second, because it's very interesting you bring that up. Where yeah, I mean, I don't think there's too many teams that are in contention um, outside. Of, you know, there's there's some young teams that are being built, like the Warriors were, were like uh, Milwaukee, Los Angeles, right. Philadelphia. I uh, found Phoenix. it. Phoenix. I found it. Since 1999, the post-Jordan era, in quotes, either the Spurs, Lakers, Pistons, Heat, Celtics, Mavericks, Warriors, or Cavaliers – are the only teams to win NBA titles. Yeah, but that's a third of the NBA. You know what I mean? It's nine, That's nine teams. Yeah. It's not – I mean, it, take away the one and duns, and then it's an impressive list. You take, yeah. You take away the, like, one that the Pistons got, one that the Mavericks got, you know, one that Cleveland's got. Then you're at a six-team list. Yeah. And it's like, shit, even Miami I would throw off that list because they had, like, their one and done, and then they had a whole different team. I mean, well, no, I wouldn't throw them off the list because they're, they're a great franchise. This general, is, but. I mean, this is really going to sound biased, but I really think it's going to be the Lakers. The Lakers have a great chance. I, I mean, really, have, I really do. I think the Lakers are one of the few teams that are building their franchise like Golden State. You have to build through the draft and get gems, exactly, and then attract the the Kevin Durant. That's that's the only way you're going to get these. You can't afford four star players. You can't afford to buy four star players. Yeah, you can afford to buy. One star player, if you draft three of them, that's the formula. Exactly. That's what you have to do. Exactly. They got Clay later than, you know, most people thought. They got Draymond way later. They got Dr- – well, not later. I shouldn't say later. But they – you know, these guys are better than where they were drafted. Steph right. was even – is way better than people thought. You know what I mean? Oh, so for sure. Like, all these players, that's like, you know, the uh, with Milwaukee and Giannis and with L.A., you know, we got some gems – like uh, Josh Hart and Kyle Kuzma, Kuzma. late in drafts. Even like Nance and Clarkson have moved on, but these were good players to get late. That's yeah. how you do it. I, um, I I mean, I definitely think the Lakers have probably – As good of a shot as anybody. Exactly. Because, because in the next two years, I don't care if, you look, if you're ready to go for the next two years, you're not winning it. It's like yeah. show me what you can do after these next two years because I think Golden State has got a stranglehold on the league right now. Yeah. All right, and here's the last NBA question. Um, this is kind of just an interesting go along with, you know, is there is there anything that can be done to stop these guys right now? Um, Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns. They're like best friends. They have some they have some chemistry, and it's obvious that, like, I think it's kind of now it's starting to be more and more obvious. Um, but you put Devin Booker with the Carl Anthony Towns in the number one pick. Are they are they going to make this happen? Can they make this happen? Is that enough? Um, you know what I mean. Like, Here's, do you take a Donkic with a Devin Booker and a Carl Anthony Towns? Do you want to line up Aiton and say no? We don't want Carl Anthony Towns. Well, here's here here's the thing that I think about that situation with Phoenix and the number one pick and Devin Booker and Carl Anthony Towns' relationship. I think Phoenix should do everything possible. To get Carl Anthony Towns. Me too, because I... But here's the thing. I don't think Minnesota is accepting anything less than the number one pick. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's so, a, that's it, 
I don't think you're ever going to be able to pair Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, and a number one pick yeah. all on one team. Yeah, exactly. That's that's yeah. the problem with yeah. the Phoenix Suns trying yeah, to facilitate that trade. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, and Phoenix needs a lot. I mean, basically they only have Devin Booker and Marquise Chris, and then everything else is. Yeah, I mean, Josh Jackson has well, to develop well, into it, the player people thought he jo- was going to be. And Josh Jackson and Dragon Bender are definitely young pieces, but I think those are the pieces where they're looking to shop more than, like, absolutely keep. And Marquise Chris, too. Um, Mar- yeah, because Marquise Chris is a head case. He can definitely get, he, he can definitely get moved. But if Carl Anthony Towns and Devin Booker can hook up and they can start recruiting te- uh, Kentucky players, you know, you could see Phoenix become, a you know, a power in the West based off of those recruiting tactics. Speaking of teaming up Kentucky people – I think Phoenix should try and make a play for DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, especially I mean, especially if they if they draft Doncic and don't go with Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, because I think I think that might be I think that might be a better scenario pairing DeMarcus Cousins, Devin Booker, and the number one pick without having to give up the number one pick. And Phoenix has just been so like I mean, they draft they've had Bledsoe, they had Brandon Knight, they have Tyler Eulis. Yeah, you know, it's Kentucky Devin West Booker, over there. Um, they've they've been doing this so. I think uh, I think Phoenix is one of those teams with uh, I think that needs they're going to be end up being in the mix with the Lakers, the Sixers, the Celtics, the Bucks. No, I'm not ready to put as, them there uh, yet. The Lakers no, are much because, no. You're not ready to put them there because they haven't made the one move yet. Right. But I think they are on the brink of that one move because I yes, think, they very well could be because I think with Booker and the number one pick or Booker and Cat, they're going to attract a third. Yeah. No, they're definitely on the verge, but I. It, I think the Lakers are much further than ahead than the Suns are. That's for sure. Yeah, yep. Yeah, they have they they've got their core of guys. Um, but now we're going to switch over to the NFL. I know it's a tough transition. It's okay. But we're, uh, we're hitting everything today. There's some good stuff going on. Um, I want just because you know we got to talk about stuff other than Golden State and LeBron. Um, I got two guys. Uh, they're in interesting positions in in their teams. Uh, they're both really talented guys, but. I want to know who you think is going to have a better season and why. Um, I got uh, the Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey, okay, who had an injury last year. It's the second year in the second year in the league. They got rid of Jonathan Stewart, um, and then David Johnson, who's a guy that you know is coming off the ACL tear for the Cardinals. He was like the number one fantasy football player, right, right, yada right. yada yada. He's a you know he's a baller. Um, who has the better season, David Johnson or Christian McCaffrey? I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey. This is a good fantasy uh, question. Yeah, I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey based off, I think that Carolina is the better team than Arizona. I think think McCaffrey has better pieces around him. So I think when other people are successful around you, it it helps you step your game up, basically. I think David Johnson is in a much more unstable position uh, being in Arizona, obviously with quarterback questions, with age and health questions with a lot of his teammates. Um, I I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be able to bounce back and not hit a sophomore slump. Yeah, he's. I, I think you're right. Um, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a great season, although I do think David Johnson, um, you know, Christian McCaffrey is going to have a huge workload, but I do like David Johnson's role on this team. Arizona is a better team than I think people are giving him credit for just because they haven't, they didn't do anything the last two seasons due to injury. Uh, but if David Johnson's productive uh, with, you know, if they get any sort of production out of the quarterback, they still got Larry Fitz. The defense is solid. Um, David Johnson could have another big, big uh, fantasy type of season this yeah. year. But 
I just McCaffrey, I ultimately think I agree with you. I think he's gonna have the better season. I just also I just also think it's a lot harder for running backs to come back from ACL injuries. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, that's that's uh, you need that. <laughs> you need to be able to move laterally. That's hey, for sure. Dewan Blair didn't need two ACLs. He didn't uh, have either one. No, yeah, Dewan Blair's a freak. He was just ro- <laughs> he was, that's 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 crazy to do. Um, and then the last question. Uh, I'm gonna stay with the fancy football stuff because there's not a lot going on in the NFL right now as far as like roster moves and whatnot. Who do you got? Who it, I know you played fantasy football before. Um, who's your top three picks this year? You know I've played fantasy football before. I think we've been in the same league with each other for yeah. since we've known each other. Yeah, there we go. So who who are your who who's your top three names you're throwing out? You could give me your top three overall. You can give me quarterback, running back, receiver. But who are the three names that are just like legitimately every week these guys are going to have the best numbers? Well, as you know, I always like to draft a receiver with my first pick overall. So I would still just have to stick with Antonio Brown. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I think AB is definitely going to be a top five uh, points getter yeah. this season. Um, who I think is really going to have a great uh, season overall, which is just going to translate to being great in fantasy because he's a quarterback. But I really think Jared Goff is going to take that next step. And that call me a homer, whatever. I think him being under Sean McVay's system now for a second season, it it can only benefit him. Well, third season. Well, no, second season. But he was the offensive coordinator that that first year. Sean McVay, no. Yeah, wasn't he the play caller for them? No, he was in Washington before. He, oh, was he a play caller for Washington? Yeah, he he was the one who made Kirk Cousins who he was, uh, for some or who he I is. Thought McVay was an assistant for the Rams before he started head coaching. That no, 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 no. He yeah. was he was in Washington. Yeah, damn, Rams really just gave him the keys. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that was the whole big thing about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I really think Jared Goff is gonna have a a really good season, and I think he's gonna be one of the top fantasy quarterbacks this year. Yeah. Um, and then. Hmm. Like you got the first pick in the draft. Who are you taking? I'm taking Antonio Brown with the first pick of the draft. That's the that's the number one points getter for me. Yeah. All right. Who's the number one? Who's the, the number one running back? Yeah. I, I gotta go Todd Gurley. I don't I don't see how Todd Gurley is definitely a great pick. He's gonna be he's <laughs> it, gonna be tough to beat. It's just yes, they happen to be on the team that I root for, but yeah, it's like the run, I, running back one's tough because uh, you know Kareem Hunt. Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, these young guys, they yeah. all coming off injuries. Yeah, exactly. And Todd Gurley is just coming in with a full head of steam off of the success of yeah. last year. So is Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I mean, Le'Veon yeah. Bell's going to be right up there with yeah. Todd Gurley. So my, the, the two guys that I got that, um, that I think are going to be like, I truly believe these guys are going to be like top three in their position. Uh, fantasy-wise, I'm not saying these guys are like the best in the game quite yet. They're not quite there. But believe me when I say – Josh Gordon, and I've been preaching the Browns and, and all this and all that, but Josh Gordon is truly, like, this good. I think he's really that talented, as in, like, it, he's not going to go in your fancy drafts. Like, once all the, like, the big names go, someone might take a stab at him, but he's going to go late in fancy drafts. Josh Gordon could be the number one receiver this, this year. I truly, no, I, mean, I truly think he's the kind of guy that could have 14 touchdowns and and 1600 yards receiving he he's physically just crazy gifted um and the other one that i think can be the number one scoring quarterback and that's saying a lot you know because there's guys that are throwing for close to 5,000 yards now uh 
is Patrick Mahomes of Kansas City. Ooh. Uh, really big on him. I think if you're, you know, if you're a fantasy football player and you're looking for like a top end quarterback that's not going to go in the top end picks, Patrick Mahomes with his legs and his arms and that offense and Andy Reid with Kareem Hunt and Ty Freak and and Kelsey that uh, Patrick Mahomes could be the leading. I think the leading point getter in fantasy football for quarterbacks. These two guys. I'm. I'm a lot higher on Josh Gordon than I am on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, because you haven't seen him play. Yeah, but I mean, Josh Gordon is a playmaker. Yeah, he can he, make. He can turn. Never, he can turn nothing into something. And here's the thing. Yeah, he's old in the sense that, like, in an NFL standpoint, but he's like 27. <laughs> he's not. And he's yeah. only played like he's less barely, than 20 games in his barely career. He's played. It's not because of injury. He's not missing games because of injury. He's missing games because he's, he's fresh. Dumb. He's fresh. His body's fresh. He's strong. He's ready to go. He's motivated. He's got the talent. He's got the body. Um, Josh Josh Gordon and Patrick Mahomes could be the guys at the end of the season that have the best. Fantasy football stats. Yeah. No, I mean, it, fantasy football this year is definitely going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Always. It it's always, always is. Always fun. Are we, we, we going to do a TSK show league? Yeah, we definitely should. We should, we should figure that out. Yeah. We'll work out that. the kinks we're and let everybody know before football season yeah. starts. Make that happen. Yeah. But, all right, you got any shout-outs before we get out of here, TP? No, I was going to do UW softball. What'd they do? They're they're in the World Series thing. For, oh, for, <laughs> hey, shout out you dub then. <laughs> you know, it's always cool to see the. I had no idea, but then like the last two days on Sports Center, there's just like these miraculous catches that it's <laughs> one some you dub girl and then one some Florida State girl. I saw UW. the Florida State one. That one was sick. Yeah, and I, that's in like the champion. I mean, I think they're in the World Series for women's softball. That's cool. All or right, fast pitch. Sorry. Shout out you dub. Yeah. Go Pac-12. Yeah. If UCLA can't be there, hopefully a Pac-12 can make it. The dog pound. Yeah. All right, my shout-out this week is to the best sports video game out there, and that is NBA 2K. They announced that their 20th anniversary edition of the game, 2K19, is going to be be released September 7th. What, J.R. Smith's going to be on the cover? Oh, no. That <laughs> the internet is undefeated. But Tyler and I are avid 2K players on PS4. Uh, so I know both of us will be getting the game as soon as it comes out, uh, if not relatively soon after the release. Even though LeBron is on the cover, the cover looks pretty fucking sick. Yeah, it was crazy to see um, someone posted like the original three 2K games. I saw that. It was they're AI. all three Iverson. Yeah, I was AI like, was on both all three 2Ks. Yeah, that's 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 funny. But yeah, yeah, twenty years. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like I said, even though LeBron is on the cover, as much as it pains me. That he's on the cover of another video game. Yeah, it's, I mean, not, it's, it's not going to. It's his time right now. Yeah, it's, it's not going to stop me from yeah. getting this game because Kobe had Kobe got like three straight 2K covers there right yeah. in 2008, 2009, 2010, and that was awesome. So yeah, but yeah, so my shout out is 2K and yeah. 2K19 coming out in a couple months. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Let's yeah. Do it. All right, don't forget you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword the Sports Kingdom show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. That's it for this episode of the TSK Show. We appreciate you all so much for listening. 
We'll be back next week with another great episode. Peace. Peace.